Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful, beautiful Wednesday morning. Hope everybody had a good night's rest and ready to start the day uh, in a good way. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say right there. But I uh, hope everybody does have a great and fantabulous day today. And uh, uh, it's hump day, so thank goodness we just have a few more days to the weekend. So, uh, <clears throat> if you, so if you get a camel, ask you what day it is, you know that it is hump day. All right. Let's see who all we got watching this morning. We got Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Tracy Little, Rusty Poss, Lois Adams, Amy Harden, uh, Angel Dixon, Jennifer Honeycutt, and Darlene Barker. Appreciate all you wonderful people for getting up, supporting this ministry, and, and getting our day started right. All right, let's do our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All righty. Good morning, Nicole Campbell Barnett. Appreciate you turning, tuning in as well. Uh, you know, I always try to give a little political commentary where I feel that it is relevant um, uh, each morning if we do our Pledge of Allegiance. And, uh, of course, uh, we got uh, Biden and his hyena vice president uh, trying to, uh, it's just despicable how they're running this country. In fact, they're showing Biden in, uh, was in New Jersey, and uh, maybe people were heckling him, hollering him, screaming at him because of the atrocities of how he's handled things in Afghanistan. And I tell you guys, it blows my mind. <laughs> Absolutely blows my mind. Him and Chuck Schumer have the nerve with everything going on in Afghanistan, uh, this Hurricane Ida, and everything that's gone through here, and destruction, people suffering, and all they can focus on is their stupid climate change. That's all they. It's all they harp on. This affects everyone. This is such baloney, people. We've always had, you know, this whole baloney, this fallacy. Uh, of uh, uh, of the world heating up and such, and since the time of dinosaurs, I think that it has been a point zero zero three point more than that zero 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 point three percent that there's been an increase in uh, in in heat uh, since the time uh, of, uh, of you know the dinosaurs. It is uh, it's, it's bull. It's baloney. It's, they're just trying to use this to push their green new deal, push their agenda push further control of the people because remember they want a nanny state we're too stupid to take care of ourselves and know what to do so the government thinks they have to be our nanny and tell us how to function and, and what to do and it's just uh, uh it's ridiculous and yeah rusty said they are idiots without a doubt but it is uh my point is you know, think well what does that have to do with bible study because the government's trying to push more and more control what do you think they're going to control next they want to control how the word goes out See, this this morning, us even discussing this could be found offensive and go against cultural standards. And some snowflake may start crying and report me to Facebook. He said words that hurt me. And so they'll try to shut it down. See, that's, that's, the, that's the problem. See, they want to hinder the word. They want to hinder conservatives. You ever notice uh, when there's Twitter bans or Facebook bans and they say, oh, it was an accident. You know, just like the, the mother uh, of a soldier that was, that was killed. She put a thing on Instagram, I think it was, or Twitter, both, I don't know. And they banned her. And they said, oh, it was a mistake. But if you ever notice, it's always a mistake when it deals with a particular group of conservatives, 
Christians, Christian conservatives, but you never see the mistakes with liberals. In fact, they've even allowed Twitter to run free with the Taliban. So you're going to see more and more of a censorship, and that's why it's important that we discuss these things, bring this to the forefront, so that you out there can say, hey, you know what, we need to start pushing back against these things. They are encroaching on our rights. They're encroaching on our free speech, on our right uh, to worship how we want. And that's where we're heading, my friends. So that's why I make it a point. I know some people don't like it. It says, well, they're too political. And uh, perhaps to a certain extent, maybe we are. But at the same time, we have a, a, a responsibility as a pastor to discuss things that bring relevancy to our uh convictions as Christians. Well, our main focus of uh, discussion this morning is John 14, 26, but as, all, but as always, I like to expound on that, and I'm going to go up above that just a hair and uh, start with verse 25, because one way to understand Scripture is comparing Scripture with Scripture, so that we know that we're on the, on the right track. But verse 25 says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance that I have said to you, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen to that, my friends. Thank God for his wonderful peace that he does give us, the peace and the joy that he gives us. You know, when we look at God's word here, and, uh, you know, he says, these things I have spoken to you, this is verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. Now, remember, when Jesus is in the upper room, uh, the disciples didn't have a full context of, of exactly what was going on. They didn't realize that here, Jesus, who, who was God in the flesh, uh, what he was about to face, uh, what he was about to endure uh, for us to have eternal life. Uh, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, remember, uh, for those of us who've been following along in our study in Deuteronomy, we discussed uh, the sacrifice, the bloodshed that had to be given. You had uh, the scapegoat that was sent out into the woods. We have that uh, shedding of blood, the, the, the lamb without spot or blemish. But that was only a temporary cleansing, a temporary atonement. But we needed Jesus Christ, who, uh, who knew no sin, to be a permanent atonement. atonement for us so that we can have the opportunity to spend in heaven with him and the fact remains is that not only did he suffer and die but that he rose again and so he sent his holy spirit down on the day of pentecost we see that where after jesus has ascended he sent the holy spirit down that's uh, of course you've heard me say this at the greek the parakletos who is the helper who is the holy spirit so that we can have a better understanding remember that um that the, the disciples didn't have a, a, a cell phone to record what Jesus was saying. They didn't have a way to, to play back what Jesus said. So the Holy Spirit brought all those things back into remembrance uh, that Jesus had told them and explained to them so that uh, they could go out and preach the gospel, preach the word of Jesus Christ. And uh, so let's look uh, over here because because we look at Second Peter one sixteen in particular uh, that says for we do not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty you know that's another you know, wonderful thing you know not only the Holy Spirit reveal those things to them uh, after Jesus had ascended but men did not die women have not died 
for a fallacy, for a lie, for something that wasn't true. But the fact here is that that the, you know people want to say that this is nothing but fairy tales. In fact, I was I was studying something. I can't remember what it was. I was looking up the other day uh, in regards to oh, I know what it was. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times we say things so much that sometimes we confuse the fact. Was this something that was in the Bible or something that we have inferred into uh, uh, the story at hand? And uh, I was trying to find a verse that was saying that the, the, the people were, were banging on the side of Noah's Ark trying to get in. Well, I couldn't find that. The only thing we could do is uh, is is good idea that that's probably what they have done there's nothing scripturally that says they did but you can only imagine that's the only floating device as water was rising and they're drowning i mean I, naturally i'm sure they were banging on the side of noah's ark to uh, get inside and and noah tried to warn them time and again just like we try to warn people in the world today christ is coming back and they laugh at us and it's going to be too late for them so that wasn't literally in the bible but it's something that is inferred uh, that's probably a good chance did happen nonetheless when i was looking that up now uh, this uh it's under um i think the site was cora i can't remember now but anyway uh he said uh, this guy wrote on there said yeah this is nothing but a fairy tale this wasn't true and oh man i made me so mad you know i don't want to just go back at him and i like no just let it go you can't argue with an idiot you know god's word says argue not with less with a fool lest you become like him yourself so don't waste your time with idiots and uh uh but the fact is that did happen it is true and that's why we see here in second peter 1 16 for we do not follow clearly devised tales this this is not fairy tales this is truth this is the inerrant inspired infallible efficient sufficient word of god it does not contradict these are not just simple stories and tales that are told this is reality this is truth this is static and so we can see here that even in Second Peter, they're, they're telling people, this is not clever advice tell, but eyewitness accounts that they saw these very things happen. Because if this was not true, if this was wrong, if this was, was a lie, it would have been easily, easily dismissed. And because they would, if there was no, you know, people would say, uh, that wasn't true. My great granddaddy was there and uh, none of that happened. These disciples, these apostles, they're lying through their teeth. But they couldn't because they had eyewitness accounts to what exactly happened there. And then, uh, let's see here. Um, uh yeah, see yeah. Second Timothy three, sixteen through seventeen. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The more you study the Bible, the more you realize that it is a supernatural spirit inspired book. God's word is inspired. You know, when you understand what inspired means is God breathed. He allowed their personalities to come through. They weren't just a robotic automatons, but he was inspired through God. And the early church fathers recognized those pieces of scriptures that were inspired and that was not. Uh, because I've always had people ask me, what about the lost books of the Bible? And there were no lost books of the Bible. And you had the book of Maccabees and different uh, other books. And they kind of find out they were... Um, either not enough evidence to prove that uh, it, what was being put in there was true uh, or it was plagiarized or you know there's there's, there's so many discrepancies that it was not put into the Bible. So there are no lost books of the Bible. What we have is what God wanted us to have. So keep that in mind as well. 
But, uh, but a secondary application of verse 26 we're reading here is that the indwelling spirit will teach us the meaning of scripture and will bring that meaning to our minds at the times when we most need it. But this isn't, auto, but this isn't automatic. We have to study the scripture diligently and memorize as much of it as we can. We must interpret the Bible properly, comparing scripture with scripture in light of the context and the author's intended meaning. We should compare our studies with that of gifted, spirit-filled scholars to make sure we aren't out of line, especially on difficult texts. My friends, you know, the Lord may reveal uh, different uh, things out of scripture to us that maybe we didn't recognize before but it doesn't change the meaning uh, you have people out there who say well uh, that was maybe what that means to you but that's not what it means to me god's word is not relative you know it, it is is not subjective it is it is uh it is static it is you know proper hermeneutics you know what it meant to the original audience how does it be applied to us today understanding culture you know, all that stuff factors in, you know, because there are things that goes on in the Bible that we don't understand today. But if you understand the culture, time, place, and history, you understand, oh, that's why they say, for example, they took an oath and or they're buying property. They put their right hand underneath the, the person's thigh to uh, to uh, confirm uh, what uh, that oath was or what have you. And so, you know, we may not make sense today. You know, we go to buy a home and go to the mortgage company, sign papers. We don't put our right hands under their thighs <laughs> to do that. In fact, it's probably a good way to get punched and uh, put in jail for sexual harassment. So don't be putting your hand underneath nobody's thighs. <laughs> that applied only to that time, place, in history. Uh, but that's why we have to understand the proper application of God's Word. So even though that God's Word may reveal things differently to you, it does not change its meaning and context in His Word. But uh, again, this is why we can uh, rejoice in God's Word and have, that's why we have peace I leave with you, a peace I give to you. We have that peace of God because we understand His Word and what uh, He's trying to explain to us, how He's, how he's helping us to understand because we have the Holy Spirit. There is a hierarchy in heaven. There is God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Although they are one, they are separate. I know that's a very difficult, that's why I have on my tattoo here the uh, Trinity uh, in Latin. And I've explained that to you before that uh, uh, the Peter is not Phileas the Son. Phileas the Son is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Father. But in the center we have Deus, God. God is the Father. God is the Son. And God is the Holy Spirit. So we see that, uh, you know, it, of course, I guess the best scenario would be the egg. You know, you have the shell, the white part, the yolk. Even though know, it's one piece, there are three separate pieces. That's probably the only way that I can uh, explain that a little bit. But, you know, the way people take things out of context. For example, uh, the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, they're bad about taking out of context because that... Um, let's see, I'm trying to find it here. Um, yeah, it says... Uh, uh, so, right before... Uh, his departure, he said, for the Father is greater than I. So we have the Jehovah's Witness who want to say, well, Jesus wasn't God. You know, they're trying to take that away. And uh, But that, nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, because, I'm trying to find the verse here. Um, let's see, what verse was it here? My mind's went blank on here. Um, hold on, give me one second. I'm trying to find the verse I'm looking for so I don't mess up. Uh, Hold on, give me one second here. 
Well, where's that verse at? I just had it right here, so I was going to talk to y'all about it this morning. Give me just a second here. Hold on. Let me see here. Yeah, okay. Um, because he said the Father uh, is greater than I. But if we look at John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But if you look at the Jehovah's Witness, they say that the Word was a God. So there's a distinctive difference. He wasn't a God. He is God, all right? And said, uh, and then in John 5, 18 through 47, when the Jews accused Jesus of making himself equal with God, he didn't back off or correct them. Rather, he went on to, in length to make claims that only God can rightly make. In John eight fifty eight, in response to the hostile attack of the Jews, Jesus asserted, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And then in John ten thirty, I and the Father are one. So that's, that's why my point is how people can easily pull things out of context and infer into it what isn't there. And when we have clearly God's word to uh, say scripture backs up scripture. And so when you have uh, a cult like Jehovah's Witness who's trying to say that Jesus wasn't God, Jesus clearly here is explaining that he is indeed God. And that's one of the reasons why he was hated. But what but how wonderful it is that even though he ascended he sent the holy spirit that paracletos to help us that's why it helps us in memorizing our scripture studying scripture spending that time in prayer uh, we have that advocate uh, the holy spirit that talks to god on our behalf so it's a it's a wonderful thing how god helps us and encourages us each and every day it's important and imperative we stay in the word to be instant in season out of season so that we can have a good strong defense so we can fight back mentally spiritually emotionally and to those who oppose us, we have to know God's word and spend that time in the gospel. So my friends, let's, as I've said many, many times, let's let us not be culturally relevant, but let us be biblically relevant and, uh, and do what God wants us to do and serve him. Despite what the world may say and be against us, that we must serve a mighty God and do what God's word says because it is truth. It is static. And, you know, as we God's word tells us we are to obey the laws of land unless it contradicts God's word, and then we go against that. And it's coming closer and closer to a time uh, when we're going to have to start pushing back and go against those things that are against the Bible. And don't worry about, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can have the strength to fight back. God has instilled in you the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the power you need when you need it. And when you're troubled, when you're upset, when you're sad, remember John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts, let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So why be filled with anxiety? Why be in fear of the future? So many people are in fear. In fact, there was a Charlie Brown story in regards to that uh, that I was going to tell you all. Uh, it says that um, uh, in the in Charlie Brown line, so of course, most of you all watch and remember Charlie Brown, so I don't worry about y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it says, um, uh, Violet asks, what are you two standing here looking so worried about? Charles replies, we are afraid of the future. She asks, are you worried about anything in particular? Charlie says, oh no, we're worried about everything. Lana says, yes, our worrying is very broad-minded. And sad but true, so many are like that. They're so worried about things they cannot control, things that are outside of their realm of understanding or whatever it may be, that they're fearful and anxiety-ridden. Man, give that over to God. Let his peace fill you and sustain you. 
And don't worry about what you can't control and, and what may happen in the future, but give it over to the one who is in control of all things, of present, past, and future. Give it over to God and let his peace fill you and focus on him. If you're focused on him, you're not focused on the worry and the anxiety and the pain, but you're focused on the one who is in control, who can take care of all those problems. So give that over to the Lord today and let the Holy Spirit guide you. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Thank you, Lord, so much for this wonderful and blessed day. Lord, help us every day to give our cares and worries over to you. Lord, let the Holy Spirit fill us and sustain us. And Lord, help us to have a better, broader understanding of your word each and every day. And Lord, I just pray that for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let us pray a special prayer for Wendy Lee, that you put your mighty hands upon her, heal her. Uh, Lord, just bring about a miracle. Lord, I do pray for Kim Penix and Ginger Hood and Ron Thompson and all those watching and listening this morning, that you'll, let, you'll bless them, let them have a good day, and put a hedge of protection about them. Lord, be with us and lead God to protect us we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope everybody has a great day today. Don't forget to tune back in at 7 o'clock this evening as we continue our study in Deuteronomy. We only have uh, probably maybe one more less after this, and we'll be finished with the book and have to see where the Lord may lead us uh, to look at and teach on. So if you all have any suggestions, what you'd like to go from here, just let me know, and we'll see what we can do. But uh, appreciate you all tuning in. and Have a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Why? Because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.